Chefs Without Restaurants, episode 98, with Earl Arnett, part of our Meet a Member series. You would think, like, if you make really good food and a lot of people have your food, that you would be, like, you know, the man and and people, you know, it's just constant nonstop business. You're just never going to have a time to sit down. And places that aren't that great or, you know, don't have the best food, you know, wouldn't be around that long or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it doesn't seem, unless someone knows about you who is a foodie or someone like you who has a a, a nice platform, you put people on and and, and put the information out there. It's hard to be seen, unfortunately. And and a lot of people just follow trends. Uh, Oh, this is a popular place to eat. The food doesn't even have to be that good, but you know, maybe it's popular on Instagram to take a photo there or whatever the case may be. So in the beginning, that was a little demoralizing, but now it's more so of a thing of, hey, listen, if you stay true to you, you're always consistent, have no negative reviews, repeat customers, new customers, the whole nine yards, you know, you'll be all right. This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast with your host, Chris Spear. Each week, I'll be speaking with food entrepreneurs and people in the culinary industry. If you're interested in learning more about our organization dedicated to helping people build and grow their food businesses, look us up on the web at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chefs Without Restaurants. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. I'm your host, Chris Spear. On the show, I have conversations with culinary entrepreneurs and people in the food and beverage industry who took a different route. They're caterers, research chefs, personal chefs, cookbook authors, food truckers, farmers, cottage bakers, and all sorts of culinary renegades. I myself fall into the personal chef category as I started my own personal chef business, Perfect Little Bites, 10 years ago. And while I started working in kitchens in the early 90s, I've literally never worked in a restaurant, unless you count Boston Market. This is one of our Meet a Member episodes. These episodes are meant to highlight someone in the Chefs Without Restaurants community. Instead of a long-form interview, we'll be doing a quick 10-15 to minute show. You'll learn about them and their business, and I throw a bunch of fun, sometimes wacky, rapid-fire questions their way. This week, I have Chef Earl Arnett of Stee's Catering in Baltimore. You're going to find out all about his business, and I ask him questions like, is culinary school worth it? And what's something you wish you knew before starting your business? I also ask hard-hitting questions like, does ketchup belong on a hot dog? I hope you enjoy this episode, and go check out his Instagram. I think he's doing some really great stuff. And a reminder that you can help support our podcast and the Chefs Without Restaurants community by donating through our Patreon. Monthly support starts at just $5 a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash Chefs Without Restaurants to find exclusive recipes and see our tiered rewards. And now, on with the show. Thanks so much, and have a great week. Hey, Earl. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. How's things going today? Uh, so far, so good. I can't complain. Another day, another opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm doing some prep work today for uh, gigs I got coming up this week. Are you uh, you working today? Yeah, I'm working today. Uh, private dinner tonight. A little prep here and there. Uh, we got some more events coming up this weekend. So uh, just got through a busy weekend this past weekend couple dinners and whatnot. So anything to stay busy and, uh, you know, stay productive. Cheers to that. Well, let's let's do this. Uh, where are you located and what is your business? Uh, so I'm located in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, my business is called Steve's Catering. I basically do any 
private chefing, off-prem type catering, um, in-home catering, meal prep, you name it. So you do a little of everything in the culinary world. Uh, where What's your travel radius? Like, where are you serving clients? Um, so pretty much all through the DMV area. People ask me all the time. They'll be like, hey, I have an event uh, or I live in such and such. Um, you know, is that OK? And I'm you know, if the opportunity is good. The money makes sense. And um, I know I can make a great event out of it. Then most definitely I'll travel and come out and I'll bring all my supplies Anything I can do to, you know, accommodate the client, but also, you know, keep the integrity of the food presentation and uh, and the service. So, yeah, I'll go pretty much wherever as long as it's a great opportunity. Do you have a crew or are you a one man show? Before COVID and when things were a little different, um, bigger events, I would, um, depending on what was going on, uh, have a crew that would help. Nine times out of 10, one man show. At least I, I try to be. So why the name Steve's Catering? Uh, so Steve's catering, um, Steve's comes from basically means uh, style and ease. And um, my favorite uh, hip hop group coming up was uh, a group called Gangstar. And one of their famous songs is, you know, my Steve's. The way that they just carried themselves, the style, the swag, what they represented um, was just, you know, hip hop on their terms. They were going to they were going to put their style on it, their their flair to it. But um, it was going to be smooth and they were going to have their style and they were going to do it with ease. And um, when it comes to cooking, I try and, you know, attack it with the same approach. I want people to be like, wow, the food is great, but um, he made it look so easy. And this wasn't anything complicated or, you know, I'm running around in the kitchen like a, you know, chicken with my head cut off or something like that. So. I think that's one of the coolest names for uh, a business like this. You know, I think restaurants have to have these really pretentious names with yeah. seem- seemingly like no meaning to why, you know, it's like aubergine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that just sounds catchy. Yeah. Yeah. You're a culinary graduate, aren't you? Yes. Uh, graduated from Johnson & Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. What year was that? Can I ask? Yeah, uh, I graduated back in 2010. Oh, so you're like a, a young graduate there. So I went to Johnson Wells Providence, but I graduated in 98. Oh, okay. There we go. Small world there. Yeah. I grew up in Marlboro, Mass. So I was like 45 minutes from Providence and it seemed like a no brainer to me. Yeah. I stayed and did the full four year uh, bachelor program there. Yeah. 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 I went up. I actually, um, so when I found out about Johnson and Wells, I was here in Maryland, but originally being from New York, it worked out because uh, our school days were like uh, Monday through Thursday. So, you know, I could easily pop back to New York. So I know this could be a long answer, but I get asked all the time, should I go to culinary school? You went to culinary school. Is it something you do over? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I tell everybody the whole people, you know, go to school for the experience. I will say uh, from a learning standpoint of not just food, but people, it was very diverse, which was great. Um, you got to meet a lot of different people in regards to who were, you know, big foodies or people who were there because their family had a restaurant and that was just what they were trying to do. Or you met people who, you you know, hey, listen, this isn't going to work out for you. So some of your classes, you know, you had your teachers that were very, I guess, instrumental in trying to like push people. And then you had your other teachers who were like very realistic and they were like, listen, you look to your left, you look to your right. By the time this course is over, you won't see the person standing next to you because they're not going to pass. And um, it definitely instilled that, uh, 
you know, if you if you want to make it and, and you want to be successful in cooking and, and be knowledgeable and, and all of that jazz, this is something that is going to have to be your passion. It's going to have to be your craft. It's not something that you can just do, you know, on a whim or in your free time casually or, or, or anything like that. So um, I, I really enjoyed the experience um, so much so that, like I said, I, I ended up living up there in, uh, in East Providence. And um, the only reason I came back here, well, one, because I got family here, but um, I ended up getting a, an internship back here. But yeah, I tell everybody, I mean, if, if you can go, you can afford them student loans later on. Definitely take advantage of it. Oh, that's a that's a tough, tough thing. I'm I'm still reflecting on whether or not coming out with uh, a student loan repayment of four hundred and four dollars a month for ten years uh, was worth it. But you know, I am where I am now, so yeah. I think there are a lot more options these days. But I guess I'll yeah. leave, I guess I'll leave it there. Um, do you have any mentors? When I was coming up. I had a few, well, I started, so I got like my first job at like 14. Um, My mom knew a guy um, who was running a catering company here in Maryland called Great Rock Mansion and um, Mr. Clowney. And uh, he gave me my first gig and I was basically just, you know, in the kitchen doing all the stuff that nobody wanted to do. But, you know, at that time I thought I was like doing amazing things, but um, between chefs there Chefs downtown. I've worked a lot, a lot of different resorts. I mean, uh, hotels and whatnot in, in the Baltimore area. You just meet different people and take a little bit here and there. I would say I'm a quick study, but I like to do my own thing. So I wouldn't say like I was like under anybody per se, like, you know, copying everything that they did. I just had a couple different chefs that were instrumental. But um, one guy, like I never even got to meet but always watched on TV, have his books, the whole nine yards was uh, G Garvin on TV one. And um, he was very instrumental, was, you know, good seeing another, you know, black chef doing his thing and putting his style on his, you know, style of food and whatnot. I took that to heart. And that was something that uh, I was like, hey, listen, you know, this is something I can do and put my own spin on it and whatnot. And, uh, you know, here I am. Well, what's your style of food that you like cooking? I would say my, well, really I try and, I try and accommodate what any client, if any client hits me up and they want something, I'll, I'll, I'll accommodate. I'm in Maryland. Seafood is big. I, I've definitely put my spin on a lot of different seafood. So I would say, I guess maybe, um, you know, mostly American for what people order from me, but um, I'm just big on the simple things. Like, I mean, maybe even being in Maryland, you can go to some spots and a crab cake isn't what you would think it should be or would be you know what i mean either it's filler or it's just plain or whatever and it's like we have strong opinions on crab cakes up in this place don't we yeah yeah <laughs> so it's it's like little stuff like that so um i would say definitely you know the seafood is is a major hit you do a lot of lamb chops too don't you i do a lot of lamb chops and it's so much so that like lamb has become i eat a lot of lamb i ain't even gonna lie to you like it's it's uh and there's always something different you can do with it. You know, you got your traditional, you know, just roasted rack of lamb or whatever the case may be. But I now got the jerk style. I'll, I'll put the crab meat on it or, you know, you just got you got so much so many different options that you can do with food and, and, and make it make it your own. So what's something you wish you knew before you started your business? 
That's a good question. I would say something that I see here a lot. You you would think like if you make really good food and a lot of people have your food that you would be like, you know, the man and, and people, you know, it's it just constant nonstop business. You're just never going to have a time to sit down and places that aren't that great or, you know, don't have the best food, you know, wouldn't be around that long or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it doesn't seem, unless someone knows about you who is a foodie or someone like you who has a, a, a nice platform, you put people on and, and, and put the information out there. It's hard to be seen, unfortunately. And, and a lot of people just follow trends. Uh, oh, this is a popular place to eat. The food doesn't even have to be that good. But, you know, maybe it's popular on Instagram to take a photo there or whatever the case may be. So at, in the beginning, that was a little demoralizing. But now it's more so of a thing of, hey, listen, if you stay true to you, you're always consistent, have no negative reviews, repeat customers, new customers, the whole nine yards, you know, you'll be all right. Yeah, I think the marketing piece, that's what I'm hearing consistently from everyone, you know, and something that I've had challenges with too. So I totally understand where you're coming from with that one. Yeah. So uh, ketchup on hot dogs, heck yes or hell no? I'm weird. I hate ketchup. I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is. I used to eat it as like a kid. I would be more so like a nice barbecue sauce on a hot dog. No ketchup, no ketchup for me. See, I love ketchup, but on a hot dog, I think it's the worst thing in the world. Like, I, I will go through a whole container. It has to be Heinz. I don't know why anyone else makes any other ketchup. No need for Heinz. <laughs> no house-made garbage. But on a hot dog, that's just weird, man. And it, I guess it's something about having kids. Like, kids always put ketchup on hot dogs. It's like, no, no, that's just not right. I, I'll say ever since I really, I don't know what happened. Like, some just switched overnight, and then I wasn't, like, really into ketchup anymore. And then you just see, like, people putting ketchup on everything. It's, like, ketchup on eggs and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, ugh, it's just, I can't do it. But, yeah, definitely not on a hot dog. No, no thank you. Do you have a memorable meal? Is there, like, one or two that stick out? They don't necessarily have to be, like, the best, but just, like, one dining experience? I would say two. There was a spot in New York called La Traviata and they made you know house-made Italian food and whatnot and they had a veal parmesan there that was to me like to die for that was that was that was my jam right there and um they closed down like years ago and like I was heartbroken that they they closed down but their veal was good and then my grandmother um had a million and one dishes so it's like it's really hard to pick one but she did this fried corn that was like more of like a corn pudding type of deal. But like if, even I would say like even if and I've tried to like redo it myself and it's just it's, it's just not the same. That was like heaven right there, man. I, I say like Thanksgiving and stuff would come around and everybody was trying to like, you know, put their little rations up somewhere so somebody else would need it. That stuff was good, man. That stuff was really good. So those would be like the two that stick out for me. That stuff is impossible to recreate. I have some recipes from like my great grandmother. And even if you follow it, like there's just always this like little something they did. There's always they, a little they, something. They didn't, they didn't write it down and trying to figure out what nope. that is. Yep. There's some, there's some of those things. So yeah, Ooh, that sounds good. I love like corn pudding. Was there anything new and exciting you're working on? I'd say like over the next year or so. I mean, I, I like doing the freelance thing and being able to cook a variety of different things and go all over 
but eventually getting a spot, you know, a nice little intimate space. I'm not talking about anything huge, but like 15 seat, you know what I mean? Something, something, something small, a nice bar area, something where I can have a nice seasonal menu and just have my own little vibe in there. And people who come there, it would kind of be like off of how we were just talking about with, you know, people following trends and whatnot. I don't, I don't want to be like the trendy spot. I want to be the spot where you're a foodie, I'm a foodie. You want to come have a good dining experience, come relax and try something either new or something with a twist. That's the, that's the end game right there. Something that I can, I can have my name on and, and call my own. And basically instead of, you know, I know I'm going to be living in there like 24 seven, but I'm fine with that. Like that's, that's, that's all I will want right there. So if people want to find out about you and your business, where should we send them online? My, my Facebook page is Steve's Catering. Uh, we're on Instagram at Steve's Catering as well. Email is Steve's Catering at gmail.com. So it's like um, everything is just the business name. I like to be live and direct with the photos, especially with the videos, because people take a lot of photos and whatnot. But I want people to know, hey, listen, this is for me. You know, come see the content for yourself. I, I stand 110% behind my food. And um, yeah, you know, everyone that that has an experience with me. I wish Instagram and like Facebook and stuff like, well, on the Facebook side, you can leave, you know, your reviews and whatnot. But people normally comment and stuff on the Instagram. But just getting more of the comments and stuff out there and, and the reviews and stuff um, for people to leave. But yeah, that's where you can find me. It's tough getting reviews. So tough. I have like, who, who 50, I have like 50, I have like 50 reviews out of like a thousand gigs. It's like, come on. Like exactly. I sent a, a follow up email with like links. Like here's my Google link. Here's my yep. Facebook. Here's my Yelp. Like put it on. People have a great time. I know they have a great time, but just getting them to just d- go and drop a five star review saying everything was great. It's so tough. Exactly. And it's like, that's what I had like the website set up for. And I could send a link to you and say, hey, listen, if you like this and that, you know how people do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, you know and then it's like man i never get around to it yeah if every time i had an event someone left a review i think that would definitely go a long way people don't understand how good re- you know positive reviews are to everyone listening out there go review a business just go it doesn't have to be please. our business if it's if it was my business please go review it if it was his business go review it but like just it really means a lot to small businesses also this podcast again i have like 40 reviews and thirty thousand downloads that doesn't seem quite right if you love the show <laughs> uh you can only rate and review on itunes right now but go do that um but thanks so much for coming on the show i really appreciate it Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get together one of these times, man, and, and, and get in the kitchen. I would love to do that. Yeah, man, we'll have to set something up. Yeah, yeah. So, to all of our Chefs Without Restaurants listeners, as always, this has been Chris, and you can find us at chefswithoutrestaurants.com.org and on all social media platforms. Thanks so much, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show or sponsoring a show, please let us know. We can be reached at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.